This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by the Built by Bama online podcast, it is daybreak for a Monday, March the 23rd, 2020. Travis Ryer. Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, joined by Charlie Potter, team reporter, team insider. Does an outstanding job for us there at BOL covering the Alabama Crimson Tide. Charlie, as we bring you on here, I guess we don't have to really recap anything from the weekend, right? It was kind of a weekend that wasn't in the sports world in general, although perhaps some draft coverage, I guess, going to start cranking up in the days to come at BamaOnline.com. Yeah, I was going to come on here and try to do my best Joe Exotic impression after watching oh my Tiger gosh. weekend, but uh, that, that's what my weekend gets Bro, <laughs> I'll never be the same after watching that, bro. Really? Yeah, did you um did you listen to the, the S-Town podcast that was... Um, oh, yes. Yes, you can't, you can't renew your driver's license in West Central Alabama if you don't listen to S-Town. It's now a requirement <laughs> at the DMV. It's so popular, I, but yes. It, it took that like you, you had a lot of the same vibes of the the southern people, the weirdos, but then it took it to like the the tenth level, and so yeah. Yes. If you guys haven't watched that, go to Netflix and check that out. It, it won't take oh. you long because you won't stop after you start. Oh gosh, I, I mean, I literally kept waiting for Danny McBride, you know, or <laughs> one of those guys to jump in character and and show up on the screen, uh, in, in Tiger King because it it had everything that. Like eastbound and down, vice yeah. principles, the righteous gemstones. It really had all that, except it's it's nonfiction, Charlie. This is real <laughs> stuff. This is real stuff for crying out loud. Yeah, the, I mean, it it set it up really well. Just talking about how strange the exotic, um, the people that own exotic animals are, and apologies in advance to the people out there that have exotic pets. But um, it that that held true through the whole seven episodes i mean it just kept getting weirder and weirder and i mean it was it was intense too i mean it was you know you you, yeah. you sit there for entertainment that's what reality television is these days it's, it's what it's transformed into but it got some there were some intense moments um and it, it made for a really good series i wish there was more but i mean i it, you have to watch it to see what i mean i mean th- there's a reason it's wrapped up yeah season uh, episode excuse me just one season's plenty Episode four, you're thinking, okay, they're going to wrap right here, you know, in episode four. And there's still, like you said, there's three more episodes to go. And it doesn't feel like at any point that they're kind of stretching it out for the sake of elongating it. It's like they needed the seven episodes to get through every twist and turn and nook and cranny of this, of this, uh, this crazy, uh, real, real, very real story. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, I, do, um, I do have a front runner for a Halloween costume after that. So that's, <laughs> that's some activity from this weekend. Chuck Exotic, his uh, ne'er-do-well cousin of Joe. You can kind of pull off like a hybrid, you know, of Joe and and be that uh, that uh, 
that illegitimate brother or something. Yeah, you're right about that. There's going to be a few Joe Exotics uh, come Halloween, if we're allowed to leave our houses for Halloween anyway. That is by true. October 31st, you know. In all seriousness, man, this thing is it's crazy, and we certainly hope each and every one of you out there are taking, again, the necessary precautions, taking care of yourself, taking care of each other. Uh, we keep hoping and thinking that in the days to come here very soon, we'll hear some positive uh, updates, but just in the last 12 to 14 hours, hearing what's continuing to go on in, in Italy, uh, just especially catastrophic and tragic and uh any other way you want to try to describe it. It's it's tough times, no doubt about it. We're going to try to keep you distracted a little bit here, though, on Daybreak on this Monday as we're going to get into the quarterback position at the University of Alabama, and we're going to get specific. We're going to talk about Mac Jones, the redshirt junior coming back for what could be his first full run as the starting quarterback at the University of Alabama. What we're essentially going to call this is making the case, Charlie, for Mac Jones because there's been so much fanfare, understandably so, where Bryce Young is concerned. There was so much anticipation to see Bryce Young on the practice field uh, here in the last week or so. That has not happened. Um, So what we've got really is what we know about Mac Jones. And what we know about Mac Jones uh, Charlie is pretty doggone impressive. Three and one as a starter in 2019. Um, and what were maybe some of the intangibles or even tangibles that that you were really impressed of uh, by by Mac in 2019? I think the big thing, um, and, and you know, if you kept up with the quarterback situation this past season, it was you know we wrote a lot about it because that's what a lot of the players and Nick Saban talked about. And when you go into these quarterback competitions and battles like what is going to happen this offseason you hear Nick Saban talk about a player winning the team and for Mac um, that didn't really seem to be an issue when Tua went down it seemed like everybody on that team inside that building had confidence in him because he has confidence in himself and that's something that's developed over his career because when he started out um, you know it's, it's one of my favorite things I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the podcast but Nick Saban used to call Mac Jones Johnny McEnroe, because he is that emotional guy that let his emotions get the best out of him. And he also, you know, has a tennis background. But uh, I just love that. But he's he's kind of broken out of that. He still has that uh, competitive fire, and he's kind of transformed it into confidence. And I, I think that a lot of the the guys in that locker room have noticed that, and they were completely comfortable uh, with him out there. He's a talented player. Um, you know, he's capable of making the throws. I think what's going to help him above everybody else, obviously, is his exposure uh, last year and the, the reps that he got. And, you know, I mean, outside of those two pick sixes in the Auburn game, he played really well. So, um, yeah, I think that with more reps with that first team offense, um, you know, some of those mistakes will, will come down. And, uh, you know, Mac Jones did a lot of good for himself this past season. But I think that the biggest thing is just showing his teammates, hey, I can go out there and I can get the job done. And that's the lasting impression in their minds and what perhaps will be the lead up to the 2020 season based on what we're what we're seeing right now with the the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's certainly impacting our world in generally, but certainly on a lesser, much lesser level, the sports world and right here at home at home, what it's done to spring football practice. That's that's what these returning guys know. 
you know, they know that they've won and they know that this guy has come up big in some big situations for them already. And you hit on a couple of them. I mean, probably most impressive to me were a couple of things by Mac Jones. You know, even after the pick sixes against Auburn, he kept coming back. He pretty much answered those immediately uh, with big plays. Although I think Jalen Waddell had the 98-yard kickoff return after one of them. But on the other one, you know, Mac Jones didn't back up a step. You know, he didn't go fetal. You know, he kept coming, put up big numbers against Auburn. Um, And then in the game against Michigan, there was a big, big spot there. I want to say in the fourth quarter, you remember this, Alabama backed up inside its own five, momentum looking like it's very much on Michigan's side, and he converts a huge third down. Jerry Judy runs a very nice route out of a bunch formation, and it's sort of that deep out throw, and he hits Judy perfectly in stride, and not only moves the chains to maintain the possession, but comes right back after that, hits another big play or two. Next thing you know, Alabama's in the end zone and in control of that game over Michigan. So those are the lasting impressions that his teammates and his coaching staff have of Mac Jones. I think that was very important, Charlie, for him to close out that that uh, that bowl game the way he did. Yeah, he did, because a lot of these guys, when you're entering these quarterback battles, Uh, They don't have that under their belt. They don't have that last impression. You know, most of the time what they have is just time as a backup uh, because the starter is leaving. And yes, the starter is leaving, but because of two of his injuries, Matt got the opportunity. And, you know, like I said, the the players around him from the time that he stepped in against Arkansas, the the week leading up to that, when he was able to take those first team reps, there was not uh, a person that came up and talked to us, whether it was after the Tennessee game, before the Arkansas game, after that point that said anything other than they believe wholeheartedly in Mac Jones. Given Alabama's players are trained really well to speak to us, but you could kind of tell that they believed it. And um, and that's big. I mean, he's a guy that before this season didn't get a lot of opportunity because he had both Tua and Jalen the year before. But, um, you know, he stayed the course. He's a guy that gets along well with the players. He's a jokester. That Joker nickname is now the, the new nickname for him, even though I wish Johnny McEnroe was stuck around. But, um, you know, he's a guy that I think that with what he's able to do on the field and then, you know, kind of be that guy that's, you know, um, kind of a jokester and, and bringing everybody up, lifting everybody up in the locker room. Uh, those guys see that and they pay attention to it. And that's really big for him. You know, I like uh, the best thing about the Johnny McEnroe nickname is that it's Johnny, not John, Johnny McEnroe. That makes it just all the better to me. But I'm going to throw some numbers at you, some stats from last season for Mac Jones. And you tell me if, which one maybe surprises you the most. And it probably don't surprise you because you're you're in this stuff up your your neck and your your ears each and every day. But his passer rating in 2019 of 187 ranked third in the SEC to Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Joe Burrow in terms of guys who made four or more starts. Uh, He had a 69% completion percentage. Nice, I know. Big plays when it comes to that, Charlie. You know, he averaged 10.7 yards per pass attempt. That was third in the SEC to Tua and Burrow. Of his 97 completions last season, 25 covered 20 yards or more. He had the same number, Charlie, of of completions of 50 yards or more 
as Tua Tonga-Bailoa had last season. He had five completions of 50 yards or more, Mac Jones did, and he had him in 100 few, fewer pass attempts than Tua had on the season. So I guess what I'm getting at is we sort of prejudge a guy like Mac Jones and think, oh, Greg McElroy, John yeah. Parker Wilson, game manager, figured there would be a drop-off, right, in some of that big play production, and there wasn't. It was pretty much status quo with Mac Jones in there in place of Tua Tonga by Aloha. Yeah, and a lot of the times whenever you throw sets out there like that, the the long completions, a lot of people are like, well, he's, you know, he's got the four best receivers in the country he's throwing to. But as we've seen with Tua, with the way that he's able to place the football, he does it in such a way that uh, your typical quarterback, you know, those, those guys are going to get tackled quickly after the catch, but he leads them into those long gains, and Mac Jones is able to do the same thing. That's huge in this offense because you have those playmakers that can make that, but you have to have a guy that can get them the football in order for them to make those said plays. So I, I think that one, to me, is probably the most surprising. Uh, the um, the pass rating, too, just because there's so many guys that seem like played quarterback uh, in the SEC this past season. You had other teams that you know mixed in a bunch of guys, whether it's Ole Miss or Arkansas. Um, and it's just there's there's just more of a, a body of work there. But I, I think at the end of the day that he's still able to match, too, with the, the long plays is impressive because, like I said, we've praised Tua for so long for his ability uh, to throw those quick slants in, in such a way that his um, his receivers can make plays after the catch. But to be to step in and be able to do that with Mac Jones is just huge for that offense. Yeah, I mean, look, Arkansas was terrible. Western Carolina is an FCS, bad FCS team. Okay, I get all that. But just look at Mac Jones' last two starts against top 20 teams in Auburn and Michigan. He goes 42 of 64 for 662 yards, averages 330 yards passing per game in those contests, seven touchdown passes, and the two interceptions, which were obviously critical against the Auburn Tigers. But even of those two, the one off the back of Najee Harris, that's about as bad a break as you can get, not just in terms of the pass being intercepted, but then returned 100 yards. So we'll cut him a little bit of slack for that. But you know, it kind of, you hit on it and sort of the narrative and the perception of, well, gosh, look at all these playmakers around him. And, and no one's arguing that, okay? This is, this was a group for all time in the last couple of years around Tuscaloosa with those four wide receivers, um, with Najee Harris in the backfield, even in 2018 when you had Irv Smith Jr. Uh, at the tight end position. So naturally, you know, a little bit of the question for Matt moving forward, even with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Najee Harris coming back, um, you know, is there going to be a little bit of a drop-off in that area? Because you're going to have two proven guys instead of four. Can John Mechie come along, one of these other receivers? Uh, is, is that sort of what you expect the question to be about Mac in terms of, you know, can he do it with at least a few uh, fewer options than he's had the last couple of years? I think it'll be mentioned. Yeah, I mean, when you have these quarterback battles, um, everything gets thrown out there because it's such a long offseason. And this year is going to be even longer because we don't have spring practice, at least not at the moment. Uh, it won't be what we're, we're used to, at least. So I think that it'll come up. But you, you look at the offense and outside of Tua, Jerry Judy, 
Henry Ruggs and Jedrick Wills, everybody's coming back. Now, those four, those are talented players. Um, they're going to be hard to replace. But um, the fact that you have four of the five uh, returning offensive linemen from last year, you have uh, Najee Harris coming back. You have Miller Forstall, who will be healthy. And you'll have a, a young guy like Jalil Billingsley, who kind of broke out at the end of the season. You have Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddle coming back. The offense is going to be coming back pretty much intact outside of a few pieces. And I think that's big. And then you have some young guys that have been waiting in the wing uh, for their opportunity. So it, it'll be a factor. Uh, everything will be a factor. There always is in these quarterback competitions. Uh, but I, I don't think it'll be necessarily a deciding factor because the other guys are going to have to play with the same amount of talent. So uh, I agree, though. You know, I wasn't trying to diminish the, the wide receiver position. It, it is uh, the best that's ever come through Alabama from a group perspective. Uh, but those guys and, and what they were able to do, both Tua and Mac, helped them out to, to make the plays that they did as well. So um, to have a guy like Devontae Smith who's coming off of a, a career season and to have Jalen Waddell with what he was able to do at the end of the year, uh, the cohesiveness that they had uh, toward the end of that season, I think is big for Mac Jones. I think they'll continue to grow in that. I mean, I believe it was um, up in Birmingham at the Monday Morning Quarterback Club, and this was – you know, in early February, he was talking about how he was so glad that, that Najee and Devontae Smith are back. And it is because of what they were able to do at the end of the season. I think, you know, for for Mac, uh, spring practice would have been big just to continue to develop that, to be able to get those reps in with those guys. Because in the past, he had been working with the twos. So that that's big for spring practice. But I, I don't think it'll be that big of a, a deciding factor in the competition. It's just something that's obviously going to get brought up because everything does. Yeah, just between Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Najee Harris, 128 receptions coming back. And, of course, a 1,200-yard rusher to go along with that, all that and Najee Harris. So let's lay this scenario out here, Charlie. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Um, let's look at, let's try to look ahead to 2021. If, if it is, if it is Mac Jones in 2020, could it be that it based on skill set that it might be, it might be a better year for Mac to be in this spot, even with Bryce Young coming in than 2021, because there's the very real likelihood in two years from now or a year from now, Devontae Smith will definitely be gone. Jalen Waddle could be gone. Uh, Najee Harris will be gone. Miller Forrestall will be gone. Those playmakers that you talked about coming back for 2020 with the rep that Mac still kind of has as a more of a facilitator than a playmaker in his own right, even though the passing stats sort of speak to something else. Is is this is this the time uh, more so than even a year from now for Mac to make his run with all these guys that are going to be around him? It's a perfect storm for him just because now the way that spring practice set up, like we've talked before, I mean, he's still riding the wave from how the season ended. And um, when you have an offense that's going to potentially be depleted after the 2020 season, you look at 
you know, Najee will be gone. Brian Robinson will be gone. You mentioned the wide receivers. Jalen Waddle will probably be a guy that's looked at as a first-round pick. The offensive line will see guys leave with Leatherwood, Dickerson, Deontay Brown. Um, it, it'll be and, and Miller Forstall. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that that leave, and not even just from draft decisions because they run out of eligibility. So when you have a situation like that, just look at what happened at inside linebacker this past season. Uh, you have Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan go down with injuries. And Alabama had guys that had been in the program for a while, but they went with the younger, talented players because they gave them, or they had the most potential and upside. A guy like Bryce Young comes in, he can make a lot of plays when plays break down. When you have an offense that's coming in that's that's new, whether it's up front at running back at receiver, um, a lot of things are probably going to break down because there's not that um, a cohesiveness and and uh, chemistry and familiarity on the offense. So he might get the upper hand just because he is a talented player. He comes in as the nation's number one player. So I think with, with Mac this year, it, it is a perfect storm. He got the reps this past season working with Tua went out. He's right in that wave from uh, the, the end of the year and the win over Michigan. And it, he's not going to really have to probably worry about spring practice and Bryce Young getting those reps that would help him. Uh, because it doesn't like spring practice is going to happen, at least not in the capacity we've come to know spring practice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for him, it's a perfect storm. And uh, not to diminish him, but, I mean, if you were going to have a year set up for Mac Jones to succeed and step into that starting role, it's right now. I agree. And I guess the the point I was trying to make, and I probably didn't do a good job of it, is this isn't a year where, you know, you're necessarily – and there's there's so many different ways to look at this, but if you're putting more on the quarterback, as you sort of noted there, to make plays in different ways with his feet and kind of help pass protection and help guys get open because he can extend plays like we know Bryce Young can, uh, that might be more beneficial to Bryce Young even in his first year um, than his second. You know, but uh, it, it's it's uh, it's interesting to consider and certainly. Uh, hopefully, when we get back to football, it's something that uh, we'll have an opportunity to see it play out. Um, so what what we know right now, we just basically covered for you. This is where it sits with spring practice very much in, in the balance. Uh, I would say very much uh, unlikely to take place in certainly uh, any similar type of fashion that we've grown accustomed to. Uh, and look. This isn't to say Bryce Young still won't be very much a central figure in all this. I, I think as much as anything, uh, you know, Mac is still going to have to continue to play at a high level because it's going to be hard to keep a guy with this sort of talent. Uh, and I know our Hank South, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to give too much of it away. Hank South actually had a conversation with Bryce Young's dad here in the last few days and everything you hear kind of coming out of the complex and the time that the players were with the uh, strength and conditioning staff, which is turned over, as we know, uh, from the, the fourth quarter winter program to, you know, the strides that Bryce Young physically has made. Uh, this is going to be a, a heck of a battle when we, we hopefully uh, eventually get around to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this whole what, what we've been talking about, uh, it's just because Mac is the guy and we haven't seen anything else. And, you know, Bryce Young is going to get an opportunity. Talia Tonga-Valoa is going to get an opportunity. These guys are going to get opportunities when football returns. But right now, the guy that's in the driver's seat is Mac Jones. Uh, but I, I think that, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly that he's going to have to continue to play at a high level because Bryce Young is disappointed because he knew he had an opportunity. 
Um, the window wasn't shut for some guy to come in and take that job from Mac Jones because competition always existed at a place like Alabama. And uh, we've heard Nick Saban uh, at both signing days how he's raved over uh, Bryce Young, and he's kind of gushed over Bryce more than he does most players that have been in the program for years. And he's a guy that uh, at the time I don't believe he had stepped on campus. Uh, just talking about how much he loves him and uh, the the kind of person and player he is. So uh, the staff thinks highly of Bryce Young. Um, you know, he's a guy that was ready to come in and compete, and um, I think he's still going to do that whenever they step on the practice field, wherever, whenever they that might be. But right now, for the sake of um, you know passing the time of the the off season, what we know and what we have, you know, Mac Jones just has the upper hand at the moment. Yeah, in 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 terms of intangibles. A lot of times that's the biggest gulf that has to be narrowed between a newcomer and a, uh, a program veteran, like is the situation right now. But again, everything you hear about Bryce Young from that standpoint, leadership, uh, character, all those things, he's off the charts. So you don't even worry about that as much. Unfortunately for Bryce Young, he's not going to have what Jalen Hurts had in 2016, it doesn't appear, which was a spring practice. And even Tua. Even though Jalen was the reigning SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2016, Tua was still able to come in in January of 2017, and even Mac Jones. And specifically to Tua, he was able to show enough to you to think, kind of like this situation, where Jalen better keep it at a high level because this guy can really, really play. Well, Charlie, uh, we'll keep everything monitored as best we can Stay safe, uh, and we'll do this again real soon. All right, man. Always good to catch up. There he goes. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us there, covering the Alabama Crimson Tide at BamaOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us at BamaOnline.com. No better time to be a part of the BOL way of doing things. Uh, We have that roundtable for you that premium message board. That's where you want to be if you're an Alabama fan. So do it today if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast as well, the Built by Bama online podcast. Leave us a rating and a review if you don't mind. We'd certainly appreciate it. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great rest of your Monday. We'll catch you again on Daybreak on Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.